episode 80, Ron Brumbarger. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Today's episode is on the power of mentoring with founder and president of Apprentice University, Ron Brumbarger. Mentoring has never been more needed inside the workplace as most of us struggle to keep our benches stacked with great leaders and the next layer of leaders for our organizations. Ron has been an innovator in alternative learning for many years and shares lots of ideas on attracting and developing young talent for our organizations. Let's turn it over to the pro. All right, let's get this show on the road. Ron Brumbarger, welcome to Gut Plus Science. We've known each other a really long time. And if I were to claim one thing to be true about you, it's your passion to help others grow and develop. You're so passionate about this topic that I wanted to bring you on the show. And also you were recommended by one of our uh, greatest fans, uh, Christine Delover. And so I'm just really excited that our community is recommending great leaders to be on the show. So Ron, let's kick off with where did this come from? Where did this passion come from and how has it become your career today? I've always had a passion to help young adults learn and grow and be skilled in their work. And, and I just like working with young people. It's a, it's a blast and keeps you youthful. And talk just a little bit about, um, you know, you've gone down this path of really influencing mentorship inside organizations. And that's, that's really become a passion from a skill standpoint of what you're trying to to teach one, but also to fill the gap in the world with the skill gap and really trying to, to, to bridge that and help with that problem. So we're really going to go deep today on mentorship, but let's start with understanding the difference between coaching and mentoring, because many times that gets used interchangeably. So I'm going to let you kind of go with that from here. We distinguish coaching from mentoring in that we believe coaching focuses much more on present day, right here, right now, skills and tactics to complete a task or a job. Whereas mentoring is much more about a relationship. And in that relationship, it's a two-way street. The mentor and the mentee both have the opportunity to learn together and grow. Uh, But mentoring is much more, we would say, holistic than coaching, has a much more full rounded perspective of helping the, the mentee uh, understand and observe their strengths and weaknesses and work together to address those. And then likewise, for the mentor, it's an opportunity to teach. And uh, you've heard me say this before, when one teaches to learn, and that for me satisfies that appetite to continually be learning. I love that. When one teaches to learn, definitely going in the show notes. I love that. So Ron, I think, you know, this understanding of mentorship, especially for our leader listener audience, let's tee it up with like how to think about it. What is the mindset that we should take around mentorship, especially inside of our organizations? The mindset of mentoring is intentional. Too often we encounter people who say, yeah, I kind of mentored this person for a while and I'm not sure what I was doing. Well, who wants to be kind about their work versus being very intentional about mentoring. So we believe that mentoring is a very intentional mindset that a mentor takes on and then is is eager to or is ready to engage with a mentee. Thank you for setting the tone on that. So helpful. Let's now go down this path of kind of tactical perspective, breaking all this down. If we thought of setting the tone for an excellent 
foundation of a mentoring relationship. So we've thought about the mindset. How do we think about it? Very intentional. Now let's break it down into buckets of what's most important. Uh, and then we're going to go deeper. What, what falls into those buckets? The first element is trust. By far, first and foremost, the first element is trust. And the relationship between a mentor and a mentee has to be, has to be confidential, has to be based in an environment and in a relationship where you can say something to your mentor with confidence that it's not going to be shared. And without that, the whole premise is off to the, a really rocky start. So trust is first and foremost. Uh, and second, it is about a relationship. It's not about a transaction. It's not about just a meeting. It is about an ongoing. I, we use the word intimate because there's not a better word, but people sort of shake and shudder when they hear that. But it is about an intimate relationship based in trust. And from there, then it becomes a program, right? It becomes a, an agenda of what are your goals and your interests to the mentee? And how do I help you fulfill them? And how do I be your biggest cheerleader? How do I help you stand on my shoulders and shout louder and bigger than I was ever able to do? Uh, and who else might I engage with to uh, help you get there and, and accomplish those things? But it is about that relationship and it's about the relationship being intentional and the two parties meeting routinely, uh, working together on uh, the goals of the mentee and mentor in some cases working on the goals of the mentee and focusing on that agenda. Uh, but the bottom line is trust, uh, relationship, and goal setting and working together on those items. Now, if we take that just even a step deeper, um, and this may be a story of something that you've seen already or experienced, or it just may be something that you that you teach, give us a, an example of a trust-building exercise inside of a mentoring relationship. What does that look like? There was an article that was produced several years ago about building trust in a one-to-one -one relationship where two parties sit facing one another. Their knees are touching. Uh, in some cases, their hands are, are touching also. Now, this is really hard for many people, by the way. And you spend three minutes just staring in the other person's eyes. And at the end of that exercise, there are two dozen or so questions that you ask that really drive home and understanding of who that person is. So for example, tell me about a time where you felt really uncomfortable in a crowd. Tell me about a time where you were concerned you weren't doing your best work or something along those lines. And that really opens that door of trust. And that's hard for a lot of people to do. It's really hard exercise. And I can attest to that because as soon as you started to talk about it, I could feel the emotion that I had when I did that in a intensive, what do you call those, transformational workshop. And we did that. And I can tell you that I did not know this person. It was a, a workshop of all you know, people. I think I knew one person out of 30 that was in it. And I got placed with someone new and we did that. And it was this exercise on proximity and connection. And it really, truly that, and that person ended up like today, that's like 10 years ago today. That was kind of our, our launch pad for our, the beginning of our relationship, but I can feel the emotion of just almost like sweating a little bit. It was so awkward, but definitely it was this feeling of, uh, yeah, it was in five minutes, an amazing magnification of trust. So that's cool that you shared that. Absolutely. Well, it's hard. Don't, don't go into it lightly. Don't go into it thinking you're going to you do this and it's all going to be really easy. And then, you know, in 10 minutes, you're going to be, no, it's a tough, it's a tough exercise, but 
one, very much worth the investment of time and, and patience with the other party uh, to be vulnerable to one another, to be open and vulnerable. You know, those are big elements of trust that have to be there in order for that relationship to grow and thrive. It can't just start and stop. It needs to thrive and be resilient over time. I know, Nikki, you have some people in your life that you view as mentors. I'm friends with them also. These are remarkable people. And you got there by deep, deep trust and mutual deep trust in those relationships. I, I know you and I know those folks and I know how they work. So it's you see that evidenced in your own life. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I feel like I could talk about mentorship and my gratitude for it all day long. (laughs) So if we look at bucket uh, item number two, relationships, and we break that down into an exercise or habit or just an experience that helps us to to build relationship, what comes to mind? Well, first, it it is about goal setting. That's important to do. But it's also about having fun doing it, laughing and enjoying the opportunity to grow together right? To, to learn and grow together. Now, some of these words, by the way, people hear this and they think, well, that sounds like dating or that sounds like you're engaged. No, you know, that's part of a relationship. So it's about having fun doing the work and, and enjoying that time together, enjoying that relationship, because no one's going to go back to a mentoring relationship on either side that they don't enjoy. It's going to be horrible for both parties in a minute. So it's about having fun. It's about it's about doing things that enable you and your routine visits, routine time together, doing things that make you look forward to getting together. Uh, so, for example, mix up the coffee shop that you go to, right, that, that where you're going to meet or, hey, let's grab lunch and, and let's, let's unpack the situations that you're dealing with in the coming weeks instead of let's hop on a phone call for 15 minutes or let's meet. Nowadays, we just meet by Zoom. Right. But, you know, mix it up and make it fun is the key. It has to be fun for both parties. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And then you touched a little bit on bucket number three and, uh, you know, just kind of some exercise or tactical stuff. But when it comes to goal setting, any ideas or, or thoughts around kind of the template for that? I think first and foremost, you need to understand where the mentee is at their stage in their life and their career. I don't believe, now some disagree, uh, but whatever. I don't believe that mentoring should be relegated just to the career, right? Just do my job. Uh, I think mentoring, again, I think about the relationships that you have, Nikki, and people who've mentored you. They're not talking just about your career and your job and your businesses, right? So I believe mentoring is is a full-orbed approach to working with that uh, mentee, assuming they'll let you in those doors. And it's talking about life choices and challenges and career options, of course. And should I buy a house or should I rent? You know, what what type of things do you do to relieve stress in your world? Those kinds of conversations that in a sterile cafeteria of place of work and a mentor mentee might be hard to manage. So it's about working through some of those items and and talking about the, the full person that you're working with. Maybe they have questions about their faith. Maybe they have questions about uh, who knows uh, what the challenges may be. But it goes back to that fundamental, absolute imperative foundation of trust. If that trust isn't there, those conversations will never happen. And the, and the dialogue and the interaction between the mentor and the mentee will remain what we would call relatively sterile. How am I going to get my next job? 
Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more like the whole human approach to mentoring. You know, I'm sitting here in my office looking at my life wheel and I always have it on a big, you know, piece of post-it paper, you know, and I change it all the time. Like what my whole life, like what am I working on right now? And, and then I look at those buckets and I'm thinking, you know, I've got like a sol- at least four mentors that just came to mind that helped me in those different areas. So could, couldn't agree more. This is not just career stuff. This is whole life stuff for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and too many people think mentoring relationships must end at date certain. Uh, maybe in a, in a controlled corporate setting where you're paired with somebody to do this or do that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about relationships that build and build and trust and build over time. And both parties grow and learn together. Sure, there's a point in time where that relationship's probably going to kind of wither off, and then and you, but you want to have fond memories of that time working with your your mentor or your mentee. So, Ron, let's go down the the path of um, understanding what makes a good mentor. You know, first back to my earliest comment, it's about a mindset. It's about a mindset of and a willingness to invest in those of you that are a base or two behind you. That, that passion, once you start and once you've done it for a while and you felt some success with that and failures, by the way, it becomes a, it becomes a habit. It becomes a, a habit that you want to continue to, um, to embrace and, and do. So first, it's about a mindset. And second, this is really hard for a lot of people, especially if they're successful in their career. But as a mentor, it's about being vulnerable. It's about allowing your mentee to ask you hard questions so they can learn from you and your failures and your experiences. Not being, it's not a one-way lecture, right? It's not mentor to mentee one-way lecture. So it's about being vulnerable. It's about trusting both ways. So that mentee can ask you hard questions. You know, tell me about a situation in your life where you didn't know you were going to be able to come out the other side unscathed. What did that look like? Well, who wants to share that kind of a question, a response to that kind of question with someone they don't trust, right? So it, it really is about vulnerability and it's about trust on both sides uh, and sharing and, and a willingness to be open and, and to be uh, available to that mentee when they have those hard questions. Really good. Now let's look at the other side. How about mentee? What traits are most important? First and foremost, it's not reluctance. Uh, there are a few things more frustrating than a reluctant mentee. I actually think about writing a book on that subject all the time. Obviously, back to trust, vulnerability, openness, uh, curiosity, and engagement. Those are all elements that, that go into the mentee mindset also. I think also it's, a, it's an understanding that, that your mentor doesn't have all the answers. You know, they don't just because they're more experienced or older or both doesn't mean they have all the answers, but that they're willing to at least try and, and help you explore the, and understand those things. Uh, so a mentee needs to, to have that appreciation of, you know, my mentor is such and such and they don't have all the answers and they're willing to tell me when they don't have all those answers, by the way. But I'm eager to engage with them to untangle a knot that I'm facing. The other aspect, I think from a mentee's perspective is back to my comment a minute ago is that it's not just about your career. It's not just about your next jumping off point for take this job, take that job. Uh, no mentor wants to be in that role. I've know a lot of people as do you 
and I'm sure you get lots of requests for who do you know that can help me do this? And this is coming from a person you've not worked with or spoken to for a long time. Uh, those are hard conversations to have. But from a mentee's perspective, invest in that relationship, right? Truly invest in that relationship. And it's got to be two-way. You can't just take. You can't just take all the time. You know, help your mentor with understanding this is my perspective in my world and this is what my generation sees and you're going to be hiring and looking for more talent as a mentor for your business down the road and let your mentee help you see through their eyes in those cases so back to the the elements of trust and vulnerability and openness and be willing to share be willing to share if, if there's a mentee that's if you have a mentee or you're working with a, someone who you consider a mentee who's unwilling to be open and share not everything, obviously, but pretty close to the big challenges they're working on at the moment. Guess what, mentees? Mentors, good, good, sensitive people are going to know something's up. Something's up with Bill or Susan or whomever. And I can sense something's going on in their life and they're unwilling to share that which means everything I give you advice-wise is going to be kind of couched or, or tailored around or dancing around the elephant in the room. So it's about, it's about that openness and trust and, and uh, vulnerability. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Really good. And so let's talk real quick before we go into some companies that do this really well. I'm so excited to hear about those that inspire you. I want to know what happens that doesn't allow mentoring to work? Sometimes people are doing what types of actions in their mentoring relationship and just what comes to mind in case people are trying mentoring relationships, they're just really not working. Maybe they're doing X, Y, and Z and that's why. Like, What do we typically see? The mentee is, is a taker. The mentee is solely and exclusively on the receiving side and unwilling to, and, and doesn't demonstrate appreciation or or an investment in that relationship. There's no gratitude. You'll know that as a mentor going in, you'll feel that, you'll sense that, and that will become a, uh, a relationship or a mentoring relationship that you don't want to be part of, and it won't go well, and it will leave everybody in a, in a tough spot. So first is the, the mentee not willing to share, not willing to reinvest in that mutual relationship. That's a big deal. On the mentor side, your unwillingness, perhaps, or oftentimes would be an unwillingness to uh, make yourself available and to be vulnerable to those questions that come about. That's where the that's where the learning is going to happen. You know, when you can talk about a failure in your life, in your career, in your faith, whatever the case may be, when you can share that failure, that story, and make yourself look human, right? Then your mentee can say, "Wow, you know." Ron struggled with this at this age in his life. And how do I not do that? How do I not repeat that mistake? Uh, and I can learn from his experience in that way. So I think back to that vulnerability, it's the mentor not being vulnerable. And, and from a mentee's perspective, it's not investing in the relationship, not showing that you are, have gratitude and that you are truly invested and trust in the relationship. So, Ron, uh, talk about some companies that do mentoring well. Who inspires you? Talk about what brand is it and why? Well, you mentioned one. Um, I'm not sure they actually label it mentoring, but Johnsonville, the Bratz guys, if you know them, everybody thinks about them around July 4th. 
they have a really substantial uh, program that everybody there has a mentor and everyone there mentors. So it's a it's a very intentional program. Now they label it coaching, but when you peel it back, you'll see elements of both, right? You'll see elements of mentoring and coaching. On a more local level, some of our corporate partners with Apprentice University have been phenomenal mentors. I happen to know uh, this one gal that was a corporate partner of ours very early on in our life, and her name was Nikki something. I can't remember her last name off the top of my head, uh, but she was very intentional about mentoring one of our students and made an indelible mark on that student for a very long period of time. Thank you for that, by the way, Nikki. And we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Other, other companies that I see doing amazing work is the Helmer Scientific in Noblesville. They do incredible work with our students. They're, they're patient. They're intentional. They push really hard. We want our students pushed really hard. We have students there working in Power BI, doing all, kind of anal- all kinds of analytics work, uh, sales support, strategy work, uh, data mining for prospective customers. I mean, this is a hard stuff to do. And they've really pushed our students uh, hard down that path. Another company here in Indy is um, MPI, M as in Mary, PI Corporation. Uh, They are really intentional about mentoring. And they've had some of our best students go through their programs. And they do phenomenal work at encouraging and supporting and embracing and pushing pushing, uh, young adults through mentoring. Uh, and the other company here in town that, that I have just tremendous respect for is uh, T2 Systems. T2, the, the parking garage guys, if you know of a Keystone, have been around some time. Uh, they're very receptive to uh, shaping and molding and encouraging students. And they just have a heart for that next generation, right? They have a heart for the next generation of students. And the last one I give you is an example of a, a little company kind of based out of Brownsburg called Inspire Marketing. You happen to know those guys, a uh, small firm, but boy, they really get the concepts of mentoring and they really invest hard in making sure that the students are growing, that our students are growing in that case. And, and they're really encouraging professional growth, personal growth and the relationship that they've built. So. Those are a few. I, I could go on for a very long time. We've been very blessed to have about 40 companies at the moment throughout the central Indiana area that we call corporate partners who have stepped up and said, I want to make an investment in a young adult and I'm willing to put a bunch of time into this and energy, a little bit of money in this case and make a difference in this person and get a return. Uh, but I've seen a lot of businesses here in central Indiana really step up to do that. And Ron, you started a program called Apprentice University that helps organizations integrate young talent at early stages, particularly to fill the skill gap today, uh, the talent gap, if you will. Talk about that journey to launching Apprentice University. Like, how did this come about and what does it look like today? Well, I owned Bitwise Solutions, a firm that was uh, 27 years old when I sold it two years ago this month. Uh, for the 20, last 25 years, that I was involved and owned that firm, we were building very high-end corporate-grade websites. And we did work with businesses on five continents. So we've been around a very long time, very uh, high-skilled, uh, uh, very expensive firm in our work, as many of our customers know. But the job was always done very well and done right. Uh, my challenge was I could never find people. You know, we sit here in the 
in the shadow of, of Salesforce and Genesis and some big technology firms here in Indianapolis area. And the challenge to find motivated, fully skilled, ready-to-go talent was just just a, a daily, daily gauntlet to run. And um, I became frustrated interviewing relatively recent graduates out of college. We couldn't afford people that you know been around for 20 years all the time as a small firm. I just became frustrated and said, you know, it's time to grow my own. And um, we did that and quickly realized that, gosh, if we have this problem, all of my friends in the city have the exact same problem. Let's let's create a bigger uh, a bigger pool. And that's what we did. But the goal was to grow my own talent because I just uh, couldn't find people. And like Ron said, I've actually experienced having an apprentice university student inside of uh, our organization. It was just such a such a great experience. And then also have had an opportunity to speak into and mentor, you know, some others that are in the program and have started some relationships there. So I can't say enough about the great things you're doing. And just for any of you listening, if you're intrigued, check it out. Ron, awesome knowledge here today. You know, for those of you that are listening, I just encourage you or challenge you to think for a second, who is your mentor? And who are you mentoring? I think it's really important. So we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor message today. We're going to come right back and learn just a little bit more about the uh, personal side of Ron Brumbarger with what we call our lightning round. We'll be right back. If you know me, you know how important it is for me to get fired up and get myself in the zone. When you're at your best, feeling positively challenged and energized, time flies and things just flow. One of our partners on this show is called The Zone. They are a perfect partner because they help you and your team crush your goals by unlocking the obstacles holding you back from getting well in in the zone. And as a special offer for just you listeners, they're offering 10 free coaching sessions on how to unlock the power in your team. So you can claim your spot, grab one of those 10 spots at www.thezone.co forward slash gut science forward slash coaching. That's going to be available in the show notes. All right, Ron, we're back on gut plus science for what we call our lightning round to learn just a little bit more about you. So I know sometimes these questions are tough because I ask you to pick one thing. Uh, the first question is what is your favorite book or one that you'd recommend to our leader listener audience? I think the one book I would recommend that I've been uh, reading through, I've admittedly not completed thus far, I've been fairly busy, but I love the book Atomic Habits by James Cleary. If you've had the opportunity to read this book or uh, even thumb through it, uh, the whole idea of the aggregation of marginal gain, right? That if you do something 1% better every day, by the end of the year, you've perfected it. And uh, it's a phenomenal mindset. I just, I've come to appreciate the idea of atomic habits. Uh, I'm admittedly not as good at it as I'd like to be uh, about creating good habits, but I think it's a phenomenal read. Ron, what is your favorite vacation spot? I've been blessed to travel all over North America. I've, I've had the opportunity to travel the world. And as we sit here today, I was actually supposed to be in Ecuador at the moment on business. And uh, we have some prospective customers there for the consulting arm of Apprentice University. Uh, we do problem solving work, right? And um, I'm supposed to be in Ecuador at the moment. Well, thankfully, I'm not because I would be there for who knows how long. Uh, but there's a little town in the, in the city of, or a little city in the uh, country of Ecuador called Cuenca, C U E N C A, sits up in the mountains, and the weather's perfect. The weather there every day is a, is a warm spring day. It's just a beautiful little town, relatively safe. Uh, they, you know, you can get around, you can navigate. It's just a beautiful place to be. And I can't wait to get back there 
hopefully soon get this virus behind us. Hopefully soon we can get back there and uh, get some work done with some locals. And then how about a favorite hobby when you're not working? And I'm not any good at it. I'm not any good at it at all, but I love trying. I like kind of tinkering with woodworking. I don't have all the right tools. I always have to bum tools off of people. And my father-in-law helps me a lot here and there. I like making little things for people. Uh, I've got a little project on my uh, desk right now that I'm working on. I'm excited to spend some time on it this weekend. Um, so I kind of like tinkering around with little projects in that regard and, and making things for people. Well, check us out on LinkedIn. Check us out on Facebook, uh, Apprentice University. Uh, you can you can certainly uh, check out our website, ApprenticeU.com. My email is ron at apprentice.university. And if you want to look me up there, if you find me on LinkedIn, my phone number's there, my email's there. I'm, I'm very reachable. If you can't find me, you didn't look very hard. Thanks, Ron. Again, great episode. Lots of key takeaways here. Here's some truth you can act on for you guys. Number one, mentoring is a mindset. In order for us to deploy an effective mentoring program, we must be intentional about developing mentors inside of our organization and at the same time making mentoring relationships a norm. Number two, the core of a mentoring relationship is trust. So my question is to our leader listeners, what are we doing to equip our people with trust building exercises and giving them a platform and tools to do this consistently? Number three, another question for you, actually. So relationship building is an essential skill today, not a want, not a a hope. It's an essential skill. So here's my question. Are you teaching it and are you encouraging it in your company? And finally, all mentor-mentee relationships need goals. Start with the end in mind, knowing what you're working to accomplish, both on the mentor and mentee side. Many times where mentoring relationships break down is just they're way too gray. So stay on track, stay focused, and keep your eye on the prize. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.